comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello everyone and welcome to the Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 311. This is Russ, and joining with me tonight are Daryl Taylor, Aaron Newworth, and Jim Dietz. Hello gentlemen. Episode 311, what color is your energy? Because you know I'm down, <laughs> down. <laughs> little 90s joke for you there. Yeah. There was another podcast that recently had 311 as the episode and did, did that same gag. Uh, that's where I stole it. I only steal from the best. Pour one out. Well, yeah. we'll be here a while and we ain't going nowhere. That's true. At least one banner. more season. We're taking the banner. So, uh, everybody depressed enough from this episode, guys? Man. Everybody depressed oh, enough? Yeah. Daryl, how about you, buddy? <laughs> Oof. It was, yeah. Yeah. And it, it aired on Mother's Day. Yeah. That's kind of effed up. Yeah. That is effed up. <laughs> I'll just say that. Like, yeah. I watched it on, like, Friday, but still. <laughs> uh. I did not see this episode going in this direction um, at all. That that said, as we get as we get into the dread of this, it's also a really great episode of television. It's pretty good, <laughs> yeah. Safe. I so. No yeah. one is safe. I, uh, it reminded me of the old man Rick uh, from season seven. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Although I, I think I like this more than uh, what they're yeah. doing. With yeah, yeah. I like what they did with it more. I, they kind of took the they perm- did the permutations in a more interesting way. Get on with it. Let's get to it. We got the only way to it is through it, right? That's right. Uh, so this is season six, episode twelve, in dreams. Again, going with the Roy Orbison <laughs> motif this this half season. But it starts with Grace laying on her back. She is clearly not pregnant. Um, looking at, I'm assuming the, the cherry blossoms. That's how you would describe that. Like, yeah, it kind of looked like all the the weird plants from that Far Cry game where everything was pink. Yeah, or um, or certain sections of like Ghost of Tsushima where everything is right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very cool, by the like the look of this episode yes. to create this effect. Uh, it's just you know it makes it like saturation and color timing and stuff, but it's really it's done very effectively. It gives the it certainly you know despite being disoriented at the top, you still get a sense of like okay something's going on here, but like I like the visual communication they're doing. Yeah. Visual and storytelling. It, yeah. It's, uh, and, and it's very, again, very striking because you see this pink color everywhere. I mean, it's, it's everything has these accents, whether it's like grass or flowers or trees or, uh, or whatever throughout this whole episode. So whenever mm-hmm. we're in the, the dreamscape, as it were, that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, but yeah, but Grace is laying on her back. A walker comes up on top of her. She's kind of disoriented, doesn't know what's going on. And the walker's stabbed by a girl. And um, more walkers show up. And the girl has a, a pointy a pointy pole and um, goes to town and kills them all. And she's and 
Grace even asked, where did you learn that? And she said her dad taught her. Her name was Athena. Uh, her mother gave her that name. Um, and she, she, I, 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 was, I, I will say like, it doesn't waste too much time in establishing like, this has got to be her daughter. Like, yes. because it's like, yes. you know, oh, the one, you know, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. You have one person that's, you know, she's a certain color and you're like, I don't want to make this assumption. They're like, she has a staff and she's fighting people really well. You, you get it. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not really wasting too much time leading you with that. So. Yeah. No, there's no like, Oh, <gasps> like shock reveal here when it when yeah. comes up. <clears throat> um, but Grace is obviously disoriented. She can't remember her her name or doesn't seem to like when she asked her what her name was, she just kind of like looks confused. Um, but Athena takes her back home. And when they get there, she lives in Morgan's town, like the town that that we know where where our our heroes have been living. And Grace obviously recognizes where she, where this is and. It's like she's coming into it at this point. Like she's she's kind of getting what's what's going on. Um, and then we find out Athena's six years old, um, and we see old man Morgan. Morgan has turned into Morgan Freeman. Yes, he's wearing it well. Yes, <laughs> but he doesn't recognize. She recognizes him. He does not recognize her, and um, he's he's clearly confused as to who who she is. Um, and of course, we get the cold open this week. It's purple, like pinkish purple, and it's a Grace-centric episode. So again, cool, cool opening gra- graphic. When I gotta back, say, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about this throughout, obviously. But like, as good as like Grace is in this episode, this is sneakily a really great like Lenny James episode. Also, like he's pretty excellent throughout this. Movie, yeah. So this, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dear, but yeah, after we get yeah. back from from the cold open, uh, the community's thriving. Like this is. Obviously, 16 years, you know, supposedly after we saw it last time, everything um, is is doing well. You know, they asked Grace what she remembers, and she said she remembers going to you know, June's uh, hospital uh, on the way to June's hospital. And that's all she she remembers. Um, and they go over to a gravestone and they see that she's dead. And this is the first time we've never gotten Grace's last name, have we? There we had a, we had like initials once or something like that. But, yeah, we uh, found out her Grace McCurgy, so we we get Grace's actual full full name. Not that it's that. I'm pretty sure that was, that was at all the Vegas boards anyway, though. So like you know, they're they're either like Smith or McCurgy. Oh sure, right? yeah, 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 so yes, the odds makers. We were right there. <clears throat> so then we're introduced to Doctor Dory, which is the older the older version of June, and her apprentice Charlie. So clearly they've they've given June the title of I hate to say like they've given June the title and this is her apprentice because like none of this is real, but but right. for the for the purposes of what we're seeing, this is this is kind of how the vision of of this is playing out. Like this is Russ, this is your face is going to be so red when we're watching Fear the Walking Dead season twenty two and all these people <laughs> exactly exactly like this. <laughs> Daniel's cutting Strand's hair, yeah. Uh, yeah, because you know um, they're really strong with the continuity like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this place won't be a ball of fire in about three episodes, but but yeah. So so we see Daniel. He's still a barber. He's cutting Strand's hair. The two of them are um, kind of picking at each other. But he but Grace even comments like they're friendly with each other, and um, you know because obviously the way the way that things things left. Um, funny enough, Dwight and Sherry look I, exactly the same. <laughs> 
<laughs> they, they, do. Don't, they don't look a day older. Um, and they have two kids. They have a boy and a girl. They got they're like the beard's a little longer and, and yes. her eyes are a little more tired. <laughs> like that's yes. really what they, that's what they went for. Good Jane. It's it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, it's a dream, so I don't care that much. Yes. And also, even if they did it really effectively, it just makes no because like they're just actors. Like I don't care enough yes. about this kind of thing. It's yeah. more when they it, like try to like really emphasize it that it gets to me. Yes. Or if the, if if we truly believe that this was a flash forward, but again, it, yeah. it's not. So whatever. It's like sometimes I just like to like like the end of Harry Potter is. Like, the one that gets me is like, this is just kids playing dress up. Like, I don't care about this. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. They get older. <laughs> spoiler for 2011's Deathly Hollows Part 2. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to watch that someday. Exactly. <laughs> I watched all all but all seven and not the eighth one, and now I'm not going to it at all. <laughs> not now. My daughter and I went to the movie theater and saw every one of them except the eighth one. After we got out of the seventh one, we were just like, oh boy, <laughs> like, do we even care about what happens next? And, uh, and of the spoilers I've said, it's, they get older. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right, back, back, back to it. Uh, so we find out Alicia is on her own, and she went back to uh, the Round Rock Express Stadium and is building it back up. Um, and uh, Lucy and... Uh, Wes went with her. So it's, you know, Alicia, Lucy and, and Wes over there. Um, and Al went off to do her thing. So, which they assumed to find, um, to find her, her girlfriend that, uh, that she, she was looking for. So that's, that's kind of caught up with where everyone, everyone is at in the dream, in the dreamscape. I did like the bar, like the, we talked about already, but like the strand and Daniel, like just like barber buddies. <laughs> yes. That's like that's, that's the, which is so, cause I'm trying to think of this, like it's a flash forward. Just like Grace, I guess has to know these people to an extent. So like, if we're thinking of this as just a depiction of what her mind would think about these people, it's like, they get along, I guess that's my, <laughs> that's my coma dream. Yeah. Of who these people would be in the future. Sure. <laughs> um, so they decide to go on a run, and Morgan lets lets uh, Athena come, and Grace goes too, and Athena starts humming the song "In Dreams" um, by Roy Orbison. Um, Grace recognizes it, and she, you know, Athena says, "Oh, you know, it was <clears throat> a song you know my mom liked." Um, and then they they come across a car that's just stuck out in the in the middle of the road. And it says, you know, the end is the beginning, you know, spray painted across it. And she, and Grace is like, I know this car. Like, there's something with this this car. And this is where the first hint that things kind of are falling apart or we're getting a glimpse of what's what's going on. And so as Grace goes around the other side of the car, we hear Morgan kind of scream out. And then we kind of cut back and forth between, like, the present day and, and this dreamscape. Car explodes. Grace blows back, um, and the, we, the the Grace we see when the explosion happens is not the Grace that we see in the dreamscape. Like she's got different clothing on, and she's clearly pregnant and everything else. Um, but she's she's blown back. Um, she wakes up and she's you know, she's screaming for Morgan. She's surrounded by walkers, um, and then they they start to run. Um, and then this is where things get a little crazy too because. 
they can't find Morgan, but she can hear his voice. And so obviously this is Morgan calling to her as she's semi-conscious or kind of floating in and out. Um, and Athena's with her and there's a walker that comes up in a don't mess with Texas shirt. And they're in a bit of like a time loop, like a little bit of a, like a hiccup yeah, here, yeah. Um, which was kind of a really cool effect. Um, again, the, you know, the, the goal here is to kind of um, accentuate that, there's some uh, disorientation and confusion, and obviously we're we're getting more clues as to what's really going on here. So the fact that you know she in in her fever dream or whatever you want to call this, there's some you know f- some things she's kind of stuck on, uh, and they're trying to get her past. It was it was interesting. I don't know. I just it was it was a it was a um, a cool. It was it was interesting that they put like a groundhog effect kind of thing in the middle of this, but it but it really worked. It did. I liked what they, without having to kind of over, overstretch the premise, uh, they like made it work in its own little, like, you know, within a commercial break <laughs> as far yeah. as handling this thing goes. And also, if anyone thought that the second Rick Grimes movie was going to be him stuck in a time blue purgatory, well, this this one <laughs> cashed those chips in early. So <laughs> that one. Fill in your bingo card now. Exactly. So then we cut to what's really going on, and we see Grace is unconscious on the table. And Morgan is inside what looks like a house and there's walkers kind of approaching from the outside. And Morgan looks very um, distraught because obviously Grace is, you know, not conscious and um, and they're they're about to kind of get overrun. And um, and then we cut back to Grace in the dreamscape and she gets she picks up the Walkman from Athena and starts to to want to listen to it. And. When she does. She kind of hears Morgan, who Morgan in the real world, as he's on the radio trying to talk to June, calling for help. And this is where we hear Morgan talking to June and says, like, hey, there was an explosion. You know, Grace was hurt and she went in. She was in labor, you know, when when all this happened. And right now she's unconscious. And, you know, June's like, well, I'm, you know, ask where they are. Um Morgan Morgan tells tells her where she's at and she's like, well, that's like six hours by car. I don't have enough gas, so she's gonna have to get on the horses and head out there. So <clears throat> clearly, Morgan and Grace are are a pretty good distance away in general um, and in pretty dire straits at this point. So then, uh, as he's talking to June, <clears throat> one of the windows gets shot out, um, and we get the return of Nick Stahl and his crew uh, outside mm-hmm. there uh, looking for Morgan. Uh, we see some of the cult members and the bunch of them kind of come up and then uh, Grace collapses again. Um, and then Morgan's. They, uh, I was going to say they were they were scary this week. Yes. <laughs> like like yeah. last week, they're all culty and it's like, yeah, it's disturbing, but they weren't like necessarily threatening. Just more like, yeah, we get it. You're in a cult and you're probably bad this week. They're like scary like just being all up in the these guys faces it was like okay watch out for nick stall guys <laughs> it's yeah. for you i think it helped that they existed in both realm you know like in the dreamscape and the other and like zombie nick stall looked just as menacing and creepy as like real nick you know, like it was kind of cool that they exist in in both um I think it just kind of added to the threat and the menace. So my question there though was, has she seen regular Nick Stahl like in real life? Did we did they meet at some point? Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Was I, there a time where they? Good point. Like how? Maybe? How would she know? 
Maybe Morgan I mean, was I, explaining I, to her because they did have the car ride. So maybe he explained to her like what. So there's this guy in the cult. Do you remember that character actor named Stahl? <laughs> he looks just like that dude. Oh yeah, from Carnival. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, from Carnival. Remember, he was in Sin City. I mean, yeah, yeah, like I, that guy. I never had. I didn't have HBO, but uh, <laughs> but like I knew. I heard of it. That would have been funny if they had that conversation and he he says Terminator and she's like, Oh, you mean that guy from Carnival? That would have been that would have been funny. Carnival, well. yeah, yeah. Wasn't Clancy Brown in that? Yeah, yeah, the Kurgan. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been and then boom, an explosion. Like that would have been yeah, awesome. <laughs> Guys, we should write for this show. <laughs> I'm telling you. <clears throat> Given where this episode ends, I don't know, that might have been like a really smart thing or 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 not. But so Morgan tries to carry her way. Nick Stahl tries to, to grab Dreamscape uh, Grace, and she turns around and slits his throat. Um, and then he kind of stops him. And then Grace tells Athena the truth, like, hey, I'm your mother, and you know, Morgan's in danger, you know, all this other kind of stuff. We've got to get back to him. And, um, uh, and you know, he was at you know, gave him the directions that she heard on the radio and that that's where they have to head and, and the whole nine yards. Um, and literally a white horse shows up to help him, <laughs> which, uh, which I thought was pretty awesome. Wow. Yes. Well, it was a dream. So, yeah, I mean, if, if this was the regular, again, things in the real world that would have just made your eyes roll and just like, like throw your hands up and walk out. But in, in the dreamscape version of what's going on was actually pretty cool. Um, and again, given all the colors, right? Like, you know, as we yeah. as we describe all this, you're you're seeing this purple, um, you know, maroon color again on on everything, on trees, on grass, on everything. So then this horse shows up. It, again, it's just another striking visual uh, for the, for the dreamscape side of things, which was pretty cool. And she explains to Athena who her real dad is. Now, did we? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Did we know that Grace wasn't pregnant by Morgan? I was. He was. She was pregnant when he met her. I thought she. Right. Well, she clearly was. I thought but she was I, already pregnant when they met. Why do I not met? remember that? I mean, clearly it's probably it's probably me, but I remember. Well, it's not just you because I, I had this question lingering in my mind too. It's like, wait, did I forget the timeline of this? It's like, hey, was she pregnant already, or did Morgan and them like was did something happen? Like, did we time jump or something? When they were at the mall. Like, I can't remember. He was, I guess he was looking for, was he looking for a, an ultrasound then? Or was that a thing I think, so, she, no, so she could take I believe it was meds. around then. Yeah. I, Memory's I, great right now, isn't it, guys? Yeah. I. That said, this, this week, this week totally had, uh, this, this totally had like a last week on where it did the whole Morgan with that key thing that I was talking about last week. Where I'm like, wasn't there a thing with a key with Morgan? And they, they recapped that for us. So that was good. But yeah, I totally lost the fact that Morgan wasn't like the biological father of Grace's you know, baby. Um, so, and I'm not sure why. I guess I was caught up in the fact that she had cancer from the radiation and not the fact that she was pregnant when Morgan met her. So, um, once we've had a we've had a lot of episodes, despite not moving very far in time, and I think that certainly hasn't helped either. Yeah, like it's we've had, and we have so many you know strands to different directions where. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, but like the you know 
by the time we like grace hasn't been around that much on the show in the scheme of things so it's like oh yeah all right let's get back to this and yeah it's not the most like clear if you're not if we're not you know taking as many notes as we should as skilled podcasters covering the walking dead on a yearly basis (laughs) yes um but yeah her dad's her real dad's name was matthew he was a roy orbison fan um and he was exposed to radiation just like he was uh, she was and he he died um and i remember i guess so because i remember her in the beginning telling morgan that she had a husband or somebody that that died of like that that died of the radiation and that's why she was trying to figure things out anyway um so she she gives the the future daughter the lowdown on who her real father is um and then we cut back to the non-dream world and Morgan's trying to wake her up and um, realizes that the, Nick Stahl's crew is is making another run at it. <clears throat> Barricades. So there's the, it's like this whole farm compound, like there's a huge house and a stables attached is what it looks like because they show the, ex, the full exterior of it at one point. And so Morgan's out there in the like the horse stables and is barricading you know, an entrance to try and, uh, to try and keep them out. And then we cut back to grace and she sees the zombie version of Nick Stahl and his crew, which actually looked, I thought the makeup and stuff looked actually really good. Um, and and again, you know, very, very creepy, but they're able to bust in, uh, and they want the key. And Morgan has his stick at this point. And for some reason, these guys didn't bring guns. They all had knives and, um, and non firearms. And right. a knife to a stick fight. Uh, and Morgan goes full <laughs> Morgan at this point. Uh, and it was a really cool action scene. So he, he dispatches all of them except for Nick Stahl, who he stabs in the, in the chest and he kind of retreats uh, away. We find out that Athena has the key. So like Grace sees Athena has the key and she's like, Oh, my dad gave this to me and said it was important and to, to, to keep it safe. And at this point, grace stops breathing both in so she collapses in the dream world and in the real world she's she stopped breathing and uh zombie nickstall goes after athena um and then morgan at this point is is doing uh cpr and then old man morgan comes in and kills zombie nickstall um you know what always works for me <laughs> what's that <laughs> and like t- especially tv shows drawn out cpr sequences where i f- figure they're probably going to come back yet every damn time I'm like i hope they come back like i'm just sitting there yes. really invested even in things where like i'm not that much of a care for the character like again we haven't seen grace forever like it's not like i've invested a lot of time into the morgan grace romance on television but i'm sitting there looking at this thing thinking, i really hope she lives <laughs> like, I'm just, like i want this to happen and but at the same time you're like okay, this is not out of the realm of possibility that she doesn't make it and the daughter does. Like, again, because clearly at the beginning of the episode, like, she kind of foresees her own death and, you know, obviously the radiation. Well, I was going to say, that's kind of what they that's kind of what they foretell in the whole yes. episode, right? It's like, as she gets more and more into, like, the dream world, she realizes that, oh, this is the future. I died in childbirth, but Athena lived on and everything's cool. But... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But um, she said at, at this point, you know, things are calmed down in the dreamscape world. And she says it's time for her to go. She says goodbye. 
and literally walks into the light. And so, again, at this point, I'm like, oh, man, she's well, she's either going to just straight up die here or she's come back to to give birth. Um, But she comes back in in the real world. And and because of her dream and just because of her condition, she tells Morgan, like, hey, I saw the future. I'm not going to survive this. Like, I'm I'm not going to not going to going to live. And she starts talking about Athena. She grabs the tape recorder and um, leaves uh, messages to her, um, you know, again, kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like she she's in her dream, like she knew this was something that was that was done. So um, so she does that. Um, Nick Stahl bursts in again. This time he does have a gun. And yes, Morgan did not have a stick. So. He was prepared. Morgan was not. Um, and he says, you know, he wants the key. Uh, she he tells her to, to give him the key. And then Grace says, like, it's OK. Like, just just let him have it. I've seen, you know, basically it's all going to be OK. Everything's going to be fine. And no, either Grace knows or doesn't know. Either she doesn't know the significance of that key or does, but feels like she literally saw the future and everything was good. And it doesn't matter if if they give him the key or or not. Um, I I completely missed this uh, because we just a lot of things are happening. But the that fight from earlier when he fights off Nick Stahl's goons and everything. He has a lot. Uh, Stahl has a lot where he's like, "You can't stop us," and uh, he's like, "I think I just did." That's the best fucking Morgan yes. line. <laughs> like, it's, yes. it's so good. <laughs> just the way, he, like, that's right up there with um, "All Life Is Precious." It's such a great like way he delivers it. I just why I wanted to point that out because it's in my notes and I forgot to mention it. But it's such a you can't stop us. I think I just did. <laughs> and he like runs away, stabbed. It's like, I, I tell and, you yeah, what, he runs like, a car through the wall, <laughs> like. There's not many like Emmy worthy performances, I guess, in you know across these shows that I really kind of feel about. But man, this year, this this season, like Lenny James is just like, I don't know, he's given like the performance of his. I, I can't say his career because he's obviously he done much, his best Walking Dead work this this season for sure. Oh, for sure. At least for me. Um. So Morgan gives him the key and true to his word, he he leaves and and leaves him be. Um, so now Grace gives birth while the In Dreams song from Roy Orbison is playing. And I fully expected, OK, she's making the recording. We're getting the birth montage sequence here with the with this with the music. Clearly, she's going to like. She's going to die right after giving birth because that took the last ounce of strength that she was able to muster before this um, this event happens. And she's able to kind of basically see her daughter before she passes on. Like I even wrote in my notes, like Grace gives birth and dies. And because uh, it, it just seems so telegraphed that that was going to happen. Um, and then the baby's delivered and Grace is like, she's not crying. Like, why is she not crying? And you don't hear anything from the baby. And things get quiet. Morgan is just like doesn't know what to say, <clears throat> and he's trying to, you know, l- you know, look at her, clear the airway, look at it, you know, do all that stuff. And the baby's just not crying. And Morgan turns around and hands her the the child and says, you know, I'm sorry. Um, and so the baby was stillborn. Um, and I was just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> 
like I was such like, a swerve. I was it's like, such a whoa. I mean, this show doesn't. I mean, there's times where you watch it and you're like, okay, clearly somebody's going to die, or like we know the comic, so it's like, okay, clearly I know what's going on. Or they'll do something somewhat surprising, and you're just like, wow, that was kind of shocking. But man, this is one of the most shocking things on either show that has ever happened. Like for me as a as a viewer, like watching this, going, I did not see this coming. Well, yeah, because it draws you in with this whole dream setup to begin with, where you're yes. like, okay, so this is like a, you know, not like a this doesn't count episode, but it's like, a, okay, we're like we're taking a different spin on this. So you're not expecting like the dramatic depth that it's going to take as far no. as where these characters are going let alone the fact that this baby that we've you know known about for multiple seasons at this point is like oh and by the way it's born and it's gone and it's like god that's that's it's a swing that it's taking and on this show of all things too it's like okay this is this is it's effective and that like it's not it's not a criticism it's it's just more of you know if you want to find a way to like shock the viewer without it feeling cheap I do think it's accomplished that quite well uh, this week, and <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah, this was not a – like, sometimes I think on this show, and I when I say this show, I mean both shows. Like, we get uh-huh. shock for shock's sake, you know? Or or some shows in general do shock for shock's sake. And I think this show and, and the main show have been guilty of that. This did not feel like shock for shock's sake. This felt just like this is tragic. Like, this is something that's tragic happened not as much like a shock kind of thing. Um, it it makes me hope that the cult plotline turns into more than just John Glover is like a bad guy and we have to stop the bad guy. Like it like it makes me hope that like because Grace has had this sudden you know this profound vision of the future and it just didn't turn out that way that can like lure her and others to the cult or whatever. Like there there could actually be some like defining things that'll make you know, make this latest threat seem like a viable way to go instead of just, we got to fight these bad guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that they're, you know, they are, despite the fact that they're pretty much just plain evil this episode, they are like philosophizing a bunch last week as far as like, look, you got to, you know, new beginnings and all this nonsense. Like, look at the I, I'd like to think that, exactly. Yeah. I'd like to think that that will, I, I, I want to, yeah. <laughs> I want to think this will like help with that instead of just giving us the latest bad guy. And and it puts an interesting dynamic because Grace, <clears throat> like up until the point where the baby dies, I think she feels like, OK, I've got a handle on the future and it it looks good. Like it looks like good things happen. People are happy, like things are in a good place. And so I could easily see Grace falling into the thing now of like. Okay, everything's probably going to go to shit because everything I thought that, you know, the the key linchpin to what I thought the future was is gone. And so if that's gone, what else is gone? Like what else is gone with it? Um and then it makes you wonder like, okay, is she going to think, "Oh, giving up the key is what like turned her fate and like put thing, you know, you know what I mean? Like because you know, the kid had the key in the future and she gave up the key before the kid was able to get it. So, like, does that play into her her thinking? Like, I don't know. This just like, again, kind of getting a glimpse of what you think your future is and then and then it taking a different turn um, uh, on top of losing a child. I can't imagine what. And I, I really hope they do some interesting things with Grace because of this and not just 
Um, Given the momentum of this season so far, I, I, I'm more or less expecting it if they keep on the run that they're on right now. Yeah, and and they've got plenty of runway, right? I mean, this is they've got four more episodes and no more planes. So. Yes, so pl- so plenty of room to to move with it. Well, I mean, they could build a new one, but you know. so, um, well, how many Tobies do we give this heart wrenching episode of Fear the Walking Dead, Mister Deets? Oh man, drop it at my feet at first. Okay, um, this was a good episode. It was an effective episode. The fact that it depressed the hell out of me means that it did its job. So I will give this a solid four, Toby's. Um, even though it just, you know, it's the most depressing thing I've had. One of the most depressing things I've had to deal with in a while. Uh, this, yeah. I, I'll give it a solid four. I thought it was, well, I like the, the like, uh, dreamscape, the way they were able to do that mostly visually without having to, I don't know, I just, I enjoyed it. I, it was, it was effective. So I'll give it a four. Dr. Kern, how many Toby's you give it? He fell asleep watching Blue Bloods. Daryl. I think he is asleep. Wow. I'm hearing the feedback of us in his mic. Yeah. Daryl. Daryl, wake up. I don't listen back at this episode to know how much of this is kept in. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, wake up and in, in Vogue is here. <clears throat> yes. Aaron, how many Tobies do you get? Yeah, right. Dude, he's um, totally sleeping. I'll go. Yeah, he is. He's, I can hear him snoring. Uh, oh, my I'll... God. I will go one notch higher and say four and a half Tobies Ooh. because I uh, really like this episode. Um, I, I really, I enjoy when shows uh, take big ambitious swings, and this is one of those as far as this whole dream thing. And then, yeah, you do have this like added drama as far as where things go, and the performances are just spectacular, specifically from Lenny James and um, and who, what is what is the actress that uh, plays Karen Dave, Karen Dave. Uh, like they do a very good job here and it's not, you know, it's not the kind of, you know, anyone can make you cry, but like there's, there's, there's nuance to what's going on here as far as how they're handling these characters or whatnot. So they're, they're, but yeah, there's just a lot working in this episode's favor. And like I said, a couple of weeks ago when I gave five Tobies to an episode, like I don't know what better you can do with something like this for this show. Uh, so for the, for the most part, I think that holds true here as well. So four and a half Tobies seems right to me. I am going to give it five. So the average tonight will hold at four and a half. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I'll be honest. When I first got through with this episode, I was like, and even throughout it, I was very much like, a, okay, I, by the end of this, I'm either going to give this thing like a one or a five. Like, depending on how this thing goes and what they do with this whole dreamscape alternate future thing, like, to me, this could either be super cheese ball or they could pull it off and it really work. Um, and they pulled it off and it really worked. And, and again, I think it did something, uh, surprising and shocking and heartfelt and at the same time, very unexpected. And then visually they were able to do some very interesting things. So I think just from this, I imagine this was a very hard episode to edit too, because knowing when to cut and when to move to the current, like the real timeline versus the dream timeline and how to interweave that stuff back and forth. I imagine that was probably tricky to, to do. And, and again, they did it in a way that I wasn't ever confused as to what was going on or like felt like, yeah. um, like things weren't clear, which, which the show sometimes can, we've complained. Some of the complaints we've had so far this season were things aren't clear. The editing is a little wonky, um, and stuff like that. So, for this thing to just really fire on all cylinders for this episode and and kind of shore up some of the complaints we've had, um, I, I just gave it a full score. So um, 
That's a that's a good point about uh, that's a good point about the clarity of this episode because you're you're absolutely right. An episode like this that is incorporating a dream, which is something that we don't see commonly in this show, let alone like the time loop stuff. It never you never lose focus of what's ha- happening. I, I I I'm very I am impressed by a show like this being able to communicate all it does without losing focus. Like the audience is never going to be out of step with what's taking place, or at least when they are, it's on purpose before yeah. it's. You know, answered pretty quickly. What I've been, saying, sure, what I've sure, been telling sure. people too is that about about fear, and I just had a discussion with a friend of mine the other day um, about this show. It's like the, one of the better shows that people aren't watching now. It really is, like especially yes. this season. I really think they they really haven't had a soft episode, like an episode that really blundered or or I felt was like not important or whatever. Every episode has been really well done, tight. It's been uh, you know good visual storytelling in this episode, like you know like Aaron was saying. Um, it's just been really impressing me, and I'm, I'm really glad that I've stuck mm-hmm. with it. You know, yeah, fantastic. So that's what we thought. What did the uh, Facebook group have to say this week about uh, Fear the Walking Dead? Hopefully, we got a few more responses than we. Well, we, we have a, a long, definitely have a longer response than most because uh, Yukiyoshi is back, uh, but we did get a few responses this week. Charlie Messing chimed in with, "Where is everyone? I'll give it two Tobies, although I haven't seen the show." For like the past two seasons, I just feel bad that nobody has replied to this post. <laughs> uh, Susan Monk came in, chimed in with, "Everyone was traumatized by this episode." Ouch! Could not agree more, Susan. Uh, Yuki Yoshi, oh, hold on, I gotta hydrate. One second. Enjoying a delicious adult beverage. Uh, five, the closest we're going to get to a future arc out of five. One. This is the furthest we've gone in the future of the TV universe with the parent and world beyond taking in tr- place in 2020, 10 years after the day the sky fell. This is 12 years after being 2022. Plus the walker stacking grace in the beginning. Uh, great detail of the time oasis, oases show by its decay. Two, Lenny James looks good in old makeup. Valley Town? Weak. Morgantown is better. Yeah, there's a place near here called Morgantown. Uh, three, uh, where did they get all the securities? <laughs> As an otaku I, an otaku, I dig it. Four. Oh, you know it's a dream when Dwight and Sherry are back together. That ship is retired. Oh, and little two, I guess. Uh, oh, and title two, I guess. Uh, five. No, Athena is not Judith. I see no logic of her being the child to bring everyone together. She is not the first Lego baby, is what I am saying. <laughs> Six. Morgan isn't playing killing these cults like there is, like there in the way I love it. Didn't he say use an axe if they faced another threat? Uh, seven. Would Riley care if Morgan told him Grace was pregnant or Otto's? He be like in the last two and say that's a you a you problem. <laughs> uh, eight. Oh, that was another good twist. But now Grace will do whatever it takes to make corals. I mean Athena's dream of the future come true. Teddy eating a tomato and all. Fear the facts. One, Grace's dream reveals the name to be Mukherjee. Uh, the last two letters of her last name were revealed in season five. Two, in Grace's dream, an adult Max is a guard of Valley Town, and Dwight's children are named after fallen group members. His son John is in honor of John Tory, and his daughter Tina after Sherry's sister who died in forest fire in the parent show. Three, an aged Sarah was uh, set to appear in the Imagine Valley Town, but the, she- the scenes involving Dream Sarah were deleted. Four, Grace and Athena find zombified Michael Sherman under a birdcage trap. This is how Grace first met Morgan and Alicia in The Hurt That Will Happen. 
Five, it is now confirmed that stillborns cannot turn. Okay, well, that would have been really creepy. Uh, this was a yeah. very interesting episode with a good twist that reminds me of Rick's dream in the comics with the aliens. I loved it and hope the show keeps delivering like they have been. Kempai! Kempai to you too, sir. And Kevin Barry, 4.5. I will keep this short out of 5. I did not think I was going to like this episode when it began, but in the end, I thought it was a good piece of storytelling. And if you too would like to be among the uh, elite and have your <laughs> Toby ratings read by yours truly, then by all means, flop on over to uh, facebook.com slash group slash podcast and put it, join the group and put your two cents in. Let us know what you're thinking of this season, because, man, it has been good, in my opinion. Indeed. All right. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. Did, uh, did Dr. Did Dr. Kern join the... us again? Yes, I, I did. Did you want to give us your Tobys now? No. Yes. Oh, I would, I would give it five out of five. Me not snoring. Tobys. Five, five out of five, not snoring Tobys. Yes, it was, it was great. It was, it was, it was very sad and tragic, and I, I did not think that they would do it. I like, I just like, I thought she had a red shirt on the whole time. Uh, uh-huh. Grace, but I, but they did. I mean, they, the show is really like this is the best season, I think. Like they really, they're doing things that I, I, they're taking chances with, with you know, like no one is safe. They're doing things that you know you don't expect them to do. Um, it really is the show that you know Walking Dead can't, you know. Because they got caught up with their characters that The Walking Dead just would never kill, right? But with Fear of the Walking Dead, there's none of that, really, too much. Um, so it's, it's just been an uh, amazing season so far. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And Mr. Newarth, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, I'm all over the place. You can find me hosting the podcast with my friend Abe on the show Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about weekly movie releases, and it's a summer movie season pretty much starting like this week. So be ready for lots of uh, fun movie reviews and more. Um, I'm also writing uh, review movie reviews, and you can find all my Walking Dead and Invincible reviews on WeLiveEntertainment.com. I write on WhySoBlue.com, and um, I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Mr. Deep. First of all, I wanted to say happy birthday to Mr. Aaron's because he just uh, turned 25 and we're all happy about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's how we'll be. Thank no you. problem, pal. <laughs> the older you get, the lower it'll go, too, so I'm here for you. Um, <laughs> but happy birthday, Aaron. You're, you're, uh, you've, all, you've been an immense uh, part of the show and we really appreciate you. Um, you can catch me on the internet at uh, Nothing's On every week on the Taylor Network podcast with uh, Mr. Donnie Salvo. And Mr. Daryl, Dr. Taylor, Dr. Current Taylor, uh, talking about the week's uh, worth of uh, movie and uh, and, and music and uh, t- television uh, entertainment news and our own like reviews and stuff we've been watching every week. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. I like it. Check it out. It's a good show. Dr. Current, when you're awake, where can people find you? Oh, nowadays I sleep all the time. <laughs> <That's> the <word. laughs> 
but when I am awake, uh, you can hear me on uh, Gotham by Geeks. Uh, we recently did a tribute to John Paul Leone, the artist uh, oh, that's out right Such now. I uh, really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, that was a really big loss. Uh, so we have that out. Uh, and, and other podcasts like also Nothing's On, which Jim just mentioned, which we, we have a ton of fun on, on doing that show. Uh, we'll have two weeks worth of TV and movies. And, yeah, and the Players Club is coming up soon, too. And good, a video good, game good, uh, podcast good with uh, Gil Colon and, uh, and Jason Hendricks. We're going to be talking about that new Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 8 Village. And big, big, nice. big, 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 big booed vampire lady. So I definitely want to be there for find out what the memes are all about. And I played the demo. I got some things to say about that. We got some other good stuff. So check that out. Cool. And just stay tuned here. HHWLOD.com for me. And then, like Daryl said, over at Gotham by Geeks, uh, which is a lot of fun. So <clears throat> thank you, everyone, for listening and sticking with us through the through the fear, the fear episodes. So, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, it's all just a dream. Pink tree shit tip y'all. Good night. Ready. All right.